Well, this is our session number three on our Spirit-led series. And a little earlier today, I had the privilege of talking to your founder of AFCM, Association of Faith, Churches, and Ministries, Jim Caseman. He was just getting in from Ontario, Canada. And I wanted to check something out with him because I didn't want to misquote him. Many, many years ago, he was asked this question. Jim, what do you esteem as the greatest miracle of the new birth or the greatest miracle of being born again? And he answered immediately, said, well, the greatest miracle is the ability to be led by the Spirit of God. And he was just getting fired up as I was talking to him a little bit. He says, because he's the creator of the universe and he lives on the inside of each and every one of us. And then he said, if you will learn to listen to him, you will avoid a lot of pitfalls. You will avoid a lot of distractions, avoid a lot of heartache, if you'll just put him first place in your heart and listen to what he has to say. He will enable you to always be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. And he will get you on the right path and paths for your life. In Ephesians, the second chapter, in verse 10, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, we are His workmanship. Amen. 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 In Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He has prepared for us ahead of time. He has prepared paths for you from before the foundation of the world. And those paths are God-ordained, and His plan for you is that you will discover them and walk in them so that you can live a good life, so that you can be a good person, a good man or woman of God, a good minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so these things are prepared for you. They're prearranged, amen? And so therein, we must make sure that we learn as much as we can about being spirit-led, not emotionally led, not head-led, not money-led, not other people's opinions led, but led by the Spirit of God. In Romans 8, verse 14, and verse 15 and 16, it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I like what Dad Hagen says in his book on how to be led by the Spirit of God. He says it this way, Children of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Verse 15 says, For you have not received the spirit of a bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Amen. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. And then in verse 16 it says, The Spirit itself, I like to say it this way, the Spirit Himself, because He is a divine personality. He is the third person of the Godhead. The Spirit Himself will bear witness with your spirit that you are, in fact, a child of God. So what you'll find is being led by this inward witness is the number one way, or we could say it the primary way that God leads all of His children. As a matter of fact, we could say it this way, just about 99 and 99% of the time, that's how God leads us. Everything you need, all of the plans, 
all of the wisdom, all of the counsel, all of the direction has already been downloaded in your spirit. And that's precious. And it's on the inside of us. And so we're able to get a hold of what's on the inside of us by drawing it up. Amen? God's not made it hard for us to follow Him. He has not made it hard for us to hear from heaven. Now, a good confession that you need to make on a regular basis is this. I know the voice of the Good Shepherd. So let's say that together, class, and let's say that together here. I know the voice of the Good Shepherd, and a stranger I will not follow. Amen. So that's a good thing. So what that does is positions you and it puts that in your mind and in your focus that you can and you do hear from your good shepherd. Amen. Now notice with me, if you would, in Proverbs, the 20th chapter, and notice with me in verse 5. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5. It says there that counsel in the heart of man. Where is counsel? It's in your spirit. Remember, we discovered that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. So this counsel is in your heart. But it's like deep water. But a man of understanding, what will he do? A man of understanding will draw out the counsel that is in their heart. Amen. So everything comes down to following the counsel of God. And it doesn't come from our heads. And we shouldn't allow it to come from other people's heads or other people's opinions. The counsel of God comes deep within our spirit. Amen? Now, so we see here, as we look at this verse, it talks about the counsel of in, is like deep water. Everyone say deep water. Now, we were, I was just in Oklahoma, and down in Oklahoma, they have a lot of ponds. Pastor Brenda's brother, Ricky, has kind of a lake home. They own about 40 acres of lakefront there in Pawnee. And I was down there at his cabin, and I walked behind there, and there was this big, huge, beautiful pond. So they're very well known for farms and their ponds. But you know, ponds aren't the greatest place to drink out of. Because if you drink off the top of a pond, you might get some LJ, <laughs> you may get some scum, you may get some debris, right? But a well on the other hand, what does a well have? Well, a well has deep, it's deep, it has clean, it has clear, and it has cool water. And so if you and I then want to want to tap into the counsel of God in our lives, we must pull from deep on the inside of us. Amen. And so the essence of this original language and counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters is the picture of a man with a bucket in a well drawing that water out. A man of understanding lowers the bucket down deep and pulls up the direction that they need from God. Now, here's a key point. What does the phrase understanding, a man of understanding mean? What does that mean to us? Well, it refers to a man who understands his need to hear from heaven. Would you agree tonight that all of us need to hear from heaven? And not just occasionally, but like every day. 
We need to hear from Him. And the good news is, is we've got 66 books where we can open up the Bible and we can hear from Him daily. So it's very important that we feed our spirit the Word of God. So this man or this woman of understanding realizes, though, even though they may have something in their mind, something that they feel as though that God is telling them what to do, that God is leading them to do something, a man of understanding will not just go by that. A man of understanding will want to make sure that he's on the same page, on the same page with God. Where his home is concerned, where his family is concerned, where his relationships are concerned, where his business is concerned, and where his ministry is concerned. You know, in Isaiah 55, these are great verses of Scripture. It says this in verse 8. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Have you discovered that? Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now read that next verse with me. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now thank God, according to the Word of God, we have the mind of Christ. So we, are, we have the ability to pick up on His thoughts for our lives. We can tap into the thoughts of God. Because we, in fact, have the mind of Christ. And not only that, we have a sound mind. Say with me, I got a sound mind. And so what we need to do then is we need to let our thinking open up to his thinking. What are your thoughts about this, Lord? I have some thoughts concerning this, but what do you say about it? You know, Brother Hagin, many years ago, would have a group of people over to his house that he would pray along with. Patsy Caminetti was one of them. A lot of them were the Ramah singers and band. And they would gather together and, and they would pray about some things concerning the future. For, for, for example, meetings, where they should go and, and where they should have a faith crusade or where they should have a Holy Ghost meeting. And uh, Patsy was uh, very close to the Hagans. And Brother Hagin would pray. He'd say something like this. Now, Lord, I'm thinking how he would talk. I'm a thinking. I'm a thinking about going to Modesto in such and such a month. But I want you to know that I'm open to your thoughts about it. What are your thoughts concerning that? What do you have to say about that? So he would tell the Lord what he was thinking And then he would ask him, is that right? How many of you know God expects us to use our brain? He expects us to use our mind. He just doesn't want our mind to dictate to us. And then oftentimes the Lord would say to him in a time of prayer, yeah, that's it, go on this month, go to that city. Well, when that answer came, what was that to Brother Hagin? See, he couldn't just open his Bible And in uh, Mark chapter 7, for example, in verse 13, where it says, Okay, go to Modesto, California, and hold a two-week meeting in November of 1990. He couldn't see that. He couldn't find that. So he didn't have a rhema here, but when the Spirit of God said, Yes, go, that became a rhema to him. It's not just what God has said in His Word to us, but what is He currently saying to us by His Spirit in our spirit. And that's very, very important. 
Because life is filled with decisions. All of us face crossroads in life. Aren't you glad that the wisdom of God cries out to you and cries out to all of us at the crossroads of life? At the busy intersections of life where a a decision needs to be made, the wisdom of God is right there. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And the wisdom of God will speak to you. The wisdom of God will direct you. The wisdom of God will keep you on the right path for your life. And when the wisdom of God speaks to you and shows you exactly what to do, that's a rhema word into your spirit that you can bank on, that you can stand on, that you can apply, and you can implement, and you can walk into. Amen. So let's say it real strong tonight. I have the marvelous wisdom of God. So what I am encouraging you students, encouraging all of you here, is exchange Your thoughts for his thoughts. They that wait upon the Lord, they are going to renew their strength. So that becomes, if you will, an exchange, your strength for his strength. But also while you're waiting on God, you can exchange your thoughts for his thoughts. You can submit your will and submit your thinking to the one whose thoughts are higher than yours and he will reveal them to you. He'll keep you straight. He'll keep you on the right path. Amen. So anytime then that you need to pull wisdom out from your spirit, make sure that you are feeding your spirit. If you'll reach down and you'll take the time to do that, It will literally separate God's ideas from good ideas. You know, there's a lot of good ideas. There's a lot of things you could do, but you shouldn't do. You have to ask yourself, I could do this, but should I do this? Well, the only way that you're going to find whether you should or not is by asking Him. Patsy Caminetti said many years ago, she said this, Ask him questions that only he can answer. Amen. Ask him questions that only he can answer. Now think about David. Think about David. David was a skilled warrior, was he not? Now David had missed it. David had messed up. But David was a man after God's own heart. What did David do? He admitted it and he quit it. And he turned and he went and ran to the rock that was higher than him. That's what David did. But even in David's life, even after he had been a skilled warrior, he still didn't lean to his own understanding. You'll see over and over again, 1 Samuel 23, uh, verses 1 and 2, the Philistines were coming after the uh, children of Israel. And the Bible says what David did is he inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord, shall I pursue them? Shall I go after them? The Lord gave him a rhema, told him exactly what to do. And as a result, praise the Lord, it worked. 
But what I want you to see, and you can study this on for yourself, there's many, many times you'll see in the Word of God that David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. As a matter of fact, one time he inquired of the Lord and God gave them a huge breakthrough. And he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim, which being interpreted means the Lord of breaking through. So David and the children of Israel got breakthroughs, but their breakthroughs were not automatic. Their breakthroughs came by the foundation of inquiring of the Lord. And you will find that in your life and in your ministry, the more you draw near to God, the more you inquire of the Lord, even in the small details of life, you will find that you will experience breakthrough upon breakthrough, and you'll be able to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. So never, ever ignore the leading of the Lord. Even after your soul, even after your spirit has been enlightened. Always lean and trust and put your full confidence in Him. And say that He will lead and He will guide. So the Word of God and prayer are the two greatest means that we have to reach down and pull wisdom out of our inward man. The Word of God. How many of you know God's Word gives you direction? I mean, you know, in the morning, for example, when you're reading your chapter or reading your chapters, don't be in such a hurry to go through them. Let the Spirit of God speak to you, especially in the book of Proverbs. It's just amazing what comes to light out of that book of Proverbs in your spirit. He'll speak to you. So the Word of God, and then, of course, praying in the Holy Ghost, amen, will absolutely enable you to draw from the great wisdom of God. Amen? So here's what praying in tongues does. Praying in tongues fine-tunes our spirits. And it fine-tunes God's direction to us. There's fine-tuning that takes place when you pray in the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you that as you are praying in the Holy Ghost... Stay focused to what you're doing. Because you can pray in the Holy Ghost and be thinking about a lot of other things. You can pray, be praying in the Holy Ghost and checking your phone and checking your iPad and making out your shopping list. That really isn't fellowship with God. Somebody says, yeah, but I have the ability to multitask. You think you do. But when it comes to the things of God, we must not allow ourselves to be separated from the focus and the ability that it takes to hear from heaven. And that is good preaching. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 28, in verse 11, it says this, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. I like that. You see, the more that we need to hear from heaven, the more we should be praying in tongues. How many of you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth was known as the apostle of faith. Listen to this quote that Smith said concerning prayer. He said, I never pray for more than 15 minutes 
But I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. Did you get that? Do I need to read it again? I'm going to read it again. I never pray for more than 15 minutes. But I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. What is, what is he saying? I'm living in a continual fellowship with the Lord. I'm conscious of him. I'm praying. I'm drawing near to him. And as a result of me drawing near to him, he's drawing near to me. And he's imparting me and granting me wisdom. And he's granting me faith. And he's granting me all the abilities that I need to fulfill what God has called me to do. Folks, without him, how much can we do? I can't preach tonight without him. I can't teach you students without him. But I'm so very thankful that I'm not without him. And you ought to rejoice that you're not without him either. And because you're not without him and because you're in him and he's in you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can hear from heaven. You can walk out all of the things that God has got for you in your life. Everybody shout amen. Amen. So the counsel of God, the counsel of God is basically the guidance of God. The counsel of God is is the direction of God. Remember our text, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding is going to draw it out. So this counsel of God, we could say it this way, is synonymous to the wisdom of God or to the guidance of God. Now it's a good thing that the wisdom of God is available to us. In Proverbs, the fifth chapter, and we'll begin in verse 5. Notice with me, in verse 5 of Proverbs Uh, 5, it says, uh, Proverbs 4, excuse me, get wisdom, that means wisdom is available, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and what will she do? She will preserve thee. When you walk in the wisdom of God, you can expect to be preserved. You can expect to be protected. Amen. Love her, And she will keep thee. That's another way of saying she will preserve thee. You can expect to be preserved. You can expect to be protected in your life and in your ministry when you draw daily on the great wisdom of God. Notice with me in verse 7. Let's read that together. Verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 4. It says, ready, read. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom And with all thy getting, get understanding. The principal thing, the primary thing. We could say it this way, the most essential thing. So the wisdom of God is essential for you in your daily walk, for you in your ministry. How many of you want his perfect direction for your life? How many of you want to walk in the paths that he's laid out for you? We all do. We all want to make the right decisions. But here's what we need to do is we need to get wisdom. And verse 8, it says we need to exalt wisdom. Exalt wisdom and what she shall do. She shall promote thee. When we say exalt wisdom, we could say it this way. Exalt the word. Exalt the person of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Years ago, a gentleman said to me, 
Mark, if you will exalt the word, the word will promote you. God is not into self-promotion, but he's into word promotion. He's into living our lives, sold out for him, letting God be true and every man a liar and letting him bring us to the places that he wants to bring us. Say with me, I'm exalting the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is promoting me. It goes on to say this, he shall bring... He shall bring thee to honor when you do embrace her. So the wisdom of God will promote you. It will bring you to the places where you need to be. And that's a very important message. You need to be. I need to be. We all need to be exactly in this day and this hour where God wants us to be. Doing what God wants us to do. There's no time for flip-flopping around. There's no time for one foot in and one foot out. I'm telling you, it's all in or not in at all. That's the way it is. So as you exalt the Word of God, the Word will keep you. It will preserve you. It will literally promote you. One translation says it this way. Cherish wisdom And she will help you rise above the confusion of life. You don't have to go very far to see confused people. All you've got to do is look at the media and you will see a great cloud of confused people. Clouded up in their souls. Clouded up in their minds. Filled with everything but God. But oh, the wisdom of God. I said, oh, the wisdom of God. It will help you to rise above (laughs) the confusion of life. And then it goes on to say, your possibilities will open up before you. You will not have to be the one who opens the doors. For he is the one that opens doors that no man can shut. Hallelujah. Open, doors, open, doors, open, doors, open in the name of Jesus. You don't have to open them. You just You just be about your father's business and your father will be about your business. Hallelujah. Your possibilities will open up before you. Wow. Think about it. Just look what the Lord has already done in your life. Just look back and see what the Lord has done. What He has done is just the beginning. If you will continue to exalt Him. If you will continue to trust Him. Your possibilities will open up before you. I like that. Embrace her and she will raise you to a place of honor in return. You won't have to try to be honored or expect honor from everyone. The honor of God will be all over your life. Amen. Verse 9. It says, she shall give to thee an ornament of grace. Everyone say an ornament of grace. A crown of glory. 
shall she deliver to you. So what this is saying is when we have the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, the guidance of God, the direction of God, when this is in full operation, you will see the grace of God working right alongside of it. You see, He never guides us and directs us into a place where He leaves us. When He guides, He provides. When He guides, He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And incidentally, my grace will always be there for you, for my great grace is sufficient for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. And you know what? In ministry and in life, no matter what your lot in life is, you're going to need a whole lot of grace. I said you're going to need a whole lot of grace. And the other thing you're going to need is you're going to need a whole lot of mercy. Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for the mercy of God. And there's a way that, that, that the grace of God can be multiplied in your life. He says grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Amen. Can somebody say amen in this house? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. I like this. And the years of thy life shall be what? Are you interested in living long? But are you also interested in living strong? The years of thy life shall be many. The years of thy ministry can be many. I said the years of your ministry can be many. Hallelujah. Receive his word. God's wisdom will add the God kind of life to your life and cause you to live many years. Verse 11. Let's read this one together. Y'all still here? Verse 11 says, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom and I have led thee in what? I have led thee in the right path. What does this verse say? It says this, that wisdom leads us down the right path every time. Every time. Now there is a translation in the Bible that's called the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read from that. If you students don't have that, just listen very carefully. Because this is a very rich translation of the Word of God. And it's talking about wisdom, and it really fits right what we're talking about tonight, about following the counsel of God. In the Passion of Proverbs chapter 8, in verse 14, and we could read it together here in the congregation. Let's read together. You will find true success when you find me. For I have insight into wise plans that are designed just for you. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage, and strength. Let's just think about that for a moment. Keep that up there. You're going to find true success when you find the wisdom of God. He has insight into what kind of plans? Wise plans. And I like this, which he has designed just for you. Say this with me. He has designed plans just for me, just for my family, 
just for my life, just for my ministry. Oh, what a planner. Oh, what a designer. The one who set the sun and the moon and the stars by his spoken word. The great designer has designed a plan just for you. Amen. Amen? And then look at Proverbs chapter 8, drop down to verse 32 to 35. Proverbs 8, 32 to 35. So he says, So listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you. For nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. You find a man or a woman of God that's in the center of God's perfect will, you're going to find a man or a woman that's full of joy. Now, that doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that everything's just going to work just perfectly all the time and there won't be any tests, there won't be any trials. No, there will be tests, there will be trials. But in the midst of the tests, just knowing that you're in the perfect will of God, it brings you joy. And when the joy rises up on the inside of you, it will strengthen you and it will enable you to face every test in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I was watching Mylon Lefebvre's uh, funeral uh, tonight. Mylon passed away a few weeks ago. And uh, they had the funeral there. And you might want to edit this out. But it was so touching, the, the lives that Mylon touched. 250,000 young people came to Christ when he turned his life to Jesus and really inter- introduced rock into the gospel. It's such a powerful powerful man of God. And the Gaithers were there. He had a great relationship with the Gaithers. And, uh, and uh, one of the songs that the Gaithers sang at his memorial service was, Because He Lives. Because He Lives. I can face tomorrow. And because you and I have a living relationship with the one who lives on the inside of us, we can face tomorrow. No matter what tomorrow may bring, we can face it because He's given us wisdom and He's given us world-overcoming faith. Glory to God. Amen. And so what do you say? We live every day all out for Him. I said living every day all out for Him. Verse 32 through 35 again. So listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Listen to my counsel, for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy is going to break forth within you as you listen for what I say. For the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. And this is the secret of growing in the delight and in the favor of the Lord. Great word, huh? Thank God for the wisdom of God. I want to talk to you about lights on just for a moment. Lights on. Everyone say lights on. Now we started out with the text in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5. But let's go now down to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. And let's look at that verse. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. 
Notice with me it says here that the spirit of man, it is the candle, or we could say it, it's the light bulb of the Lord. We could say it this way, the spirit of man is the flashlight of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What is this scripture telling us? It's telling us that the light that we need is in our spirit. Because that's where he promises to direct our paths. Your spirit is like a candle or a flashlight and it's shining light on your path. It's shining light on your path. But it doesn't light from the outside in. It lights from the inside out. Amen? So God may lead us in other ways. He may, he, may, he may give you a dream. He may give you a vision. You may have an angelic visitation. God can and does lead other ways. But he always promises us, us to lead in this way. Now, how many of you know that you're never going to see the entire path in front of you? But what will God do? God will give you enough light to take the next step. He'll give you enough light to walk in. He'll give you, he'll show you the first step. Amen? Amen. The answer to every question in every situation should always be, what is the Holy Ghost saying to my spirit? He's always going to lead you right. Now, let's look at another scripture, Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 105, and then we'll look at verse 130. Psalms 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. Let's read that together. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. And then drop down to Psalm 119, 130. Let's read that together. It says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It gives understanding to the simple. So the question would be, how would a lamp help your feet? <laughs> if you carry a lamp, it will shine light, showing you where to walk. But it doesn't shine very far. It doesn't shine into the next city. It shines right in front of you so you can take that step. And when you take that step and you keep putting that light out, it'll take you to the next step. Amen. He will light your path so you can take a step. And that's what happened to me back in 1976. I got born again in 1975. Jim Caseman was my pastor. I was in a drug treatment center, and I, get, I came to Christ in March of 1975. And uh, then I got out of the treatment center and stayed in that little town where I was, you know, just gotten out of the center from and just attended church. But on the inside of me, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called of God. I knew on the inside of me that I was called of God. And they tried to talk me into being a drug counselor. 
and going to a school so that I could study chemical dependency and so that I would be able to help people, you know, get off of drugs and get off of alcohol. And that's a good thing. And I can remember going into the counselor's office and he was talking to me about it. And he said, you know, you really, you really should do that. You should really go to school, get an education. You should really go ahead and, and study that out. You know, there's a bright future there for you. And I just looked at him and I was very polite about it. But I said, you know, I'm sorry, sir, but I, I tell you what, I just know beyond any shadow of a doubt that there's a call of God on my life. Amen. I knew in my heart that I was called of God. And what I've got to do is I've got to follow that witness on the inside of me. He said, well, what are you going to do? Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. There's a Bible school about 600 miles from here. I'm going to get in my car with my friends, and we're going to go down to Oklahoma, and we're going to attend a a school called Ramah. And that's exactly what we did. Just following that inward witness. I've, I've thought oftentimes, what if I hadn't taken that step? What if I hadn't taken that first step to go to Bible school? Well, I would have never met Brenda Raylene Edwards. I would have never uh, probably met Brother Hagen. I would have never, you know, met a lot of people that God connected me with. God never shows you the whole thing at one time. But if you be faithful to follow the steps, the steps of a good man are ordered of God. Amen. Same thing when we came to California in 1982. We were in Minnesota. It was blizzard country. For those of you who don't know what a blizzard is, a blizzard is where snow gets big. That snow gets as high as your home. And snow in the driveway can be as high as 10 feet or 15 feet tall. I mean blizzard country. Snow country. But Brenda and I, you know, we had been in ministry for a couple of years and we were just seeking the Lord on what he'd have us to do. And we were praying. That's a good thing to do, to pray. Now, you'd pray, too, if you were in blizzard country. (laughs) And we just prayed and we sought the Lord and the Lord just gave us a witness. I want you to go to California. Well, in the natural realm, that didn't make any sense. Because we didn't have hardly anything. Not even very, very little. We had a car, and that's about it. And we had a little bit of money. But I'll never forget that day when we went down 35W, heading out of the Minneapolis Twin City area, heading out to California. I'm telling you, such peace in our spirit. Such a, such a velvety peaceful knowing on the inside that we were in fact headed into the perfect plan of God. Oh, glory to God. We had no idea what would happen when we got to California. We just knew to go. You know, sometimes you just got to follow your knower. You got to follow what seems right and seems like it's right in your spirit to do. Well, if we hadn't taken that step of faith, and come to California, we never would have met Pastor Nancy. We would never met we would never met the church that we now pastor. It would have never happened if we had just waited for perfect conditions. I'm telling you folks that sometimes there are not perfect conditions. Most of the time there are not perfect conditions. 
God requires faith. And God requires a step of faith of His people. And so wherever you are, in whatever part of the world you are, God loves faith. And He loves people. And He loves it when you hear from Him and you follow Him and you take every step that He's directing you in. I'm glad that we came here in 1982. The church opened up. Look what the Lord has done. And it's not to Mark and Brenda be the glory. It's to God be the glory. But it all started through prayer. It all started by following that inward witness, that inward knowing on the inside of us. Amen. And the same thing will happen for you. Think about the Apostle Paul. Remember the Apostle Paul had a dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus? Remember that? I mean, it was a powerful, powerful conversion. And the Apostle Paul uh, was told by the Lord, you know, how many of the Lord knew what Paul's future was? And the Lord knows what your future is. But he didn't tell Paul at the time. He just gave Paul a word. And the word was found in Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. Let's look at there. Acts 9 verse 6. After seeing Jesus, Paul asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Jesus responded by saying, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Hallelujah. A life of obeying God is a series of steps. That says... Take the first one, and as you do, you will qualify for the second one, and the third step, and every other step. Amen. Well, I've spoke long enough tonight. I trust you got something out of this lesson. We'll go ahead and pick up with part four next time. God bless you.